0: Welcome to Witch Witch Podcast. I'm Lyra. I'm Galena. Welcome to the darkness. So, uh, we do want to apologize for taking a, I don't know.
1: Only having one episode this month?
0: Yeah. Taking a, only having one episode this month.
1: Apparently we (laughs) took two weeks off.
0: (laughs) We didn't mean to. Things just sort of happened. Uh. But we're back now. We're, you know. Doing it. I was literally going to say that. (laughs) Uh,
1: But yeah, no, we're back. We're here to record and stronger than ever. Stronger than ever. (laughs) Longer pauses. (laughs) More
0: cackling. Always. Um, But we don't really have any like announcements or anything for you guys. So I think we're probably going to just go ahead and jump right into the episode.
1: Yeah. Yeah, see
2: you on the other side. (laughs) shit. Nettle here to talk about color magic or colorology, which as a fun fact, the, I was gonna say the last time, but actually the last three times that I've sat down to spell colorology without like having it in front of me to look at, I felt like I was literally going to lose my mind because something about the letters just looked really fucking wrong. Uh, But anyway, uh, colorology we've talked about a few times. I was originally gonna do a segment where I just went over what colorology is, but we've already done that sort because it is it's you use colors in association with their meanings to um, in magic basically. like that's that's it. That's how it works is you pick a you use colors that you want to represent or exude certain things. Uh, I know recently we talked about it in relation to clothing and makeup. And just general routines. Uh, and that's... I definitely said I was going to start trying to be more proactive about that. Uh, because Color Magic, it's its pretty easy. Like, as long as you've got the colors you're wanting to use. Because uh, you've just got to incorporate them in what you're already using and doing. Uh, I say that being a person who completely failed over the last few weeks to incorporate any color magic in my day-to-day life because uh, it's kind of hard because I don't know about anyone else but I have a hard time I have a very easy time wanting to wear specific colors or wanting to use certain colors but a very hard time thinking about the colors associations and what the colors sort of mean to me as well because it seems to be broken down pretty much between either uh, the associated ideas or thoughts or whatever with a specific color um and then also like your personal association so i clicked off the thing i was looking at an interesting thing i also found was like there's also if you just look up colorology you hit a lot of psychology studies um because i'm trying to think real quick sorry because it was a weird article that i looked at um because it was pretty interesting, because it was things like yellow, is, is, it's a very bright color, and it's associated with happiness and things like that. But apparently, if you put somebody in a yellow room, they're more likely to get angry, and babies are more likely to cry. Um, and I have no idea why. Like, there's a short description about how it it's harder to take in the color yellow because of something with, with our eyes, which I don't know if how the fuck that works. Um, sorry, I'm flipping through things real quick. Because uh, it's. It seems like colorology and color magic should be really fucking easy. But like. And like a lot of things that talk about talk about how people sort of incorporate color magic into their lives without even meaning to, which is neat. Except, like, I don't know how they're doing it, because I'm sure not doing that well. Um, i trying think how to phrase it. Like, lately I've been wanting to wear a lot of red, and I've been wanting to wear a lot of red, because uh, Lyra got me into a show, and one of the characters' like associated color is red. And it sort of, I like him, and it reminded me how much I like the color red, because I don't think about it all the time that I really like red. Um, but I do. And so I've been wearing a lot of red, but I don't really think of red um, with the associated, like the associated, uh, it's usually associated with love and romance. Um, honestly, while looking up color magic, I didn't see a lot of associations that associated red with, with like anger, but I've always seen red associated with anger like as a as an emotion and a color and i'm not sure if it's like because of a focus on more positive things or a focus on something else um but it doesn't matter because i don't think about or incorporate any anything with the color red other than i want to wear the color red because i feel like it which is fine that's an okay thing to do it just doesn't really benefit me or uh help me play around with color magic at all um, I think we, I de- sorry, I definitely re-listened to some of our older segments to see about it, but I, you can, know, of course, use color magic with things like, uh, candles, uh, in spells. I know for sure Galena's done that, because we've talked about it before, and I'm pretty sure Sage has done it, because Sage has done a lot of candle magic, um, but using associated colors to, um incorporate in the spells do they come out the way you'd like them to um, I've been debating if I should give up on trying to incorporate color magic with my clothing at least until I can sort of get my head wrapped around associated like ideas and like sort of sitting down and deciding what I want incorporated into my day um, be- because honestly mo- most the color associated things I go with are either I really want to wear this color today for no real reason Or uh, let's try and not wear all the same color on every piece of uh, clothing I'm wearing because I've got a bad habit of uh, pulling out a bottom and then uh, skirt, pants, whatever, and then immediately grabbing a top that is usually a different shade but the exact same fucking color, Uh, which can be cute, but a lot of the times it just looks real stupid. To me, like if I see it on somebody else, it's like I wouldn't even register it. But me wearing like three, two or three blue items and there's like nothing breaking them up. It just makes me think that I'm an idiot when it comes to getting dressed. Um, I'm not sure if... I feel like focusing on color magic on days that I work would probably be best. Just because I'm more likely to put on like an actual outfit and not just grab a shirt and exist for a day. Um but again, I have to wrap my head around associated colors. This is not what I was going with. Uh, I was going to consider like looking more into uh jewelry or trinkets, trinkets. Uh sorry, cuz I was thinking ribbons. Jewelry and ribbons, like little things I could pack around with me but wouldn't necessarily have to have out, like jewelry I'd wear, but like a ribbon or something I could just have on me. Uh, I'm not sure if that would help more. It'd be more purposeful than wearing clothing because um, it is it is expected in society that you wear clothing while accessories is not uh, as expected. Technically, an argument can be made that to a certain degree it is expected, but uh, I I go about my day-to-day life very often not wearing things. Um, with color magic, and this this would be a more long term thing because I'm not in a position to get some. I wear a watch a lot, um, and I have in the past picked out watches that were certain colors just because I really adored the colors. Um, if I get another watch in the future, I might consider that a little a little more along the lines of associated colors and how I can sort of work that into a day to day life. In relation to magic, um, I should definitely consider because I love to paint my nails. Uh, focusing more on on associated color magic with painting of my nails, just because that's something I do less often. I, I do it less often, but also it'd be nice because then I could have a, a nail color bleeding into a certain um, certain desired idea or mood or whatever. And, I mean, I'd have it for multiple days. So, like, if I wanted the week to go one way, if I wanted my week to go another way, just sort of focus like that. Honestly, I'm probably going to have to break down and just just write down what different colors meanings are, and then sort of plan things around that, since I don't keep it, since it's not in the top of my head when I'm not specifically talking about it or, like, looking at it. also, probably just breaking down what colors associatedly mean with me, just because different colors and different shades and things don't always equal out the same, like, from a personal perspective versus just, like, a societal or a cultural perspective. Um, and let me look real quick, because I think... Yeah, I'm going to go with with color magic. A lot of like the associated color things I find are are more positive uh, just because I specifically just pulled up blue real quick and blue's coming up as uh, as a peaceful color, which is I mean, that's true. Blue's, p- blue's pretty peaceful. It's just also blue's sort of associated with sadness. And you know what? Let me <laughs> let me look back at yellow real quick because I think I might even be approaching this wrong just in my own mindset. Because I'm thinking about it like how it associates with emotions. And I guess to a degree they do. Because yellow is definitely uh, consistent with joy. Um, But for the most part, they're all also... It seems like it's focused less on emotions and more just on um, different color associations. Yellow is also listed as abundance and just sort of optimism which I guess is no I don't know uh it's it's complicated it's it's a very simple easy to utilize magic but if you're like me and you're having trouble like remembering to associate colors with things then uh then you'll you'll be on the same boat as me and have trouble sort of working with in uh, remembering to work with colors because like I always I get out somewhere and I realize I've just put an outfit together without trying to really build any any color magic into it and with that it wouldn't be so bad but at that point I don't feel like I should sit down and try and associate things and I guess that's dumb of me too because I mean there's nothing stopping me like I can always try and if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out and I move on and try again another day um Sorry, I want to check my dog for a sec. Uh, I feel so dumb for not thinking about associated colors just because I looked at paint for, like, a couple hours. Well, I don't know. I don't feel like it was, like, a couple hours consistently. Uh, I looked at paint periodically over a few hours. Um, cause, because paint is fun. Uh, I'm trying to think, because there's... There's something else with colorology that I was finding. I'm not sure if it's specific to witchcraft or if it's if it's related to something else. But if, like, how you, there's different colors associated with different birthdays. I guess different days of the week, and they seem to be like strung together over um, like a f- like I don't know if it's a full week or if it's just like a couple days at a time. Um, I didn't really get an answer to that, so I'm not really sure like what what that's supposed to be associated with, associated with specifically. There's a lot of there's a lot of things associated specifically with birthdays that I don't really understand what they are or what they're supposed to stand for or mean. Um, and I guess I should look that up, but like I've read, a, uh, I've looked it at, I've not looked into, I've looked at quite a few of them and they're definitely fun to find out like what your birthday is associated with X, but it's also weird because, um, I don't know where it gets built out of. <laughs> Um, the important part of this is that my birthday color is apparently red, which is fucking hilarious. And I didn't check all of our birthdays, but Sage and I share a birthday color according to, like, the one website I looked at, which I apologize because I did not, like, mark it down. Um, I trying to think... Oh, that was fun because most of my birthday stuff is all associated with water, which isn't bad. It's just hilarious that like every time I look up a birthday thing, it's somehow or another associated with water. So this is the first time I've gotten something that wasn't blue, (laughs) blue or watery. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I should uh, focus on... I know I want to focus on using color magic because I do like colors and I do like the idea of color magic. I'm just not sure if I should just try it like do, I'm gonna do X for this week or if I'm gonna do it daily and just sort of float with it. It might also be something I just try and do slowly, like focus on it for a day or two until I can build it up into more of a a daily or a weekly thing. Um, Like focus on Mondays, uh, utilizing color magic and then going from there since I am shit at it um, but I don't know uh, we'll we'll find out I definitely want to work with it I should definitely probably break down and work with colored candles uh, because I have not at all, I've thought about it but I haven't done anything uh, sorry because this was kind of rambly but uh, talk to you later uh a sort of final note that I forgot to mention and I feel like in in the segment I've already recorded it it comes off clearly enough but I did want to state like if you're struggling with something like if you're not just inherently good at something which inherently good at something is it, it's a weird mix because from the way I understand it to be inherently good at something basically it's just you already have the skills needed and it's you've learned the skills some other way and usually you just don't realize where you've picked up those skills and that's why it feels like you're inherently good at it but like where I'm not inherently good at color magic because of it, my I just don't think about it the right way to go at it uh don't feel bad like don't feel bad like you if it's something you work at and you don't want to work at it further that's fine move on and try something else if not if it's something you want to do like you can get better you can get better at things uh, just work at it work at it and learn about it and figure out how you need to reconceptualize it I'm gonna make my chart and then figure out how I want to try it out and how I want to work on it to really work color magic in because I do like I do like colors and I like color magic and I feel like it's something I'd enjoy doing so even though I'm not good at it now I'll learn and I'll try things and I'll prosper and I'll move forward and I'll figure out how to do it. But with anything, uh, magic or otherwise, like if you want to do it, that's fine if you're not good at it at first because nobody is really good at anything at first unless they already have the skills built up. And I mean technically that's still not being good at it at first, it's just they've gotten, you, you've you've hit a point where you're lucky because you've hit something you've already been working at. Uh, but don't stress and, and just feel good because even if you're not initially compatible with something, it doesn't mean you can't move forward and, and sort of work it in, work it into your life and work it into your process. All right. Welcome back to another segment or installment
1: of Galena's Goddess Grotto. Yeah. Today we'll be covering Danu by request. Uh, She is an Irish goddess. And let me just start off by saying, I'm excited to get into the Celtic Pantheon. Yeah. Um, I've kind of been stuck in the Egyptian Pantheon, which is something I do like a lot, but I am excited to learn more about the Irish Pantheon and Celtic Pantheon, because I think we've only really covered Lug from from Llamas. That's quite possible. We did, I don't remember who it was though. We had a different goddess at one point. I know we think covered I, Artemis. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I think that's what you're thinking of. Because I've pretty much been strictly, yeah, <laughs> strictly Egyptian for a while.
0: But I'm also excited to get into um, some Irish deities and and I don't know what else <laughs> is, is there uh, because we know we know a little bit. But we don't know as much as we would like to. Exactly.
1: Now. The one we are doing today, as I said, is Danu. Uh, She is pretty much the beginning of everything in the Irish Pantheon. She is the mother of Earth, the mother of gods. She's said to have actually suckled the gods. All right. Um, She is the goddess of fertility, wisdom, wind, and all of the Celtic people. Um, as far as we can tell, she's the most ancient Celtic deity, or at least the first one to really be widely known. Um, I'll, I can't remember if I'll get into this later or not, but she's basically worshipped or was worshipped all the way from Ireland into Eastern Europe. Oh, wow. So, yeah, she has this far stretch. There's a goddess, and I didn't check to see how much she has in common with her, of also a goddess named Danu in, in Hindu. Uh, Hindu, uh, traditions. Well, I wonder if they have, like, I wonder if they have the same base or if it's just, uh... So that's what I'm wondering. I'm thinking they probably have the same base. Because the Irish people have this wild-ass... Well, not the Irish people, but the Irish, like, pantheon. Um, uh, because you know how in, um, the ancient English writings, how they tried to link that they were the escapees of Troy and they settled in England. Like, it's not true, but that's what they tried to go off as. Okay, so actually, um,
0: when they were looking into T- mm-hmm.
2: Um,
0: which is supposed to be the birthplace of King Arthur,
1: because
0: mm-hmm. uh, they're still trying to prove that he was a real guy, you know. Um, they found pottery that suggests... Maybe they were. Really? So yeah. it's possible
1: that it might be real.
0: Because we also vaguely know where Troy is now.
1: Mm-hmm. So, I mean... Well, this is supposedly, like, um, one of the kings, and God damn it, I didn't write his name down. I think it was, like, Netta or Nita, is, like, a direct descendant from Noah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, I don't know how accurate that actually is. Like, I wonder how... <sighs>
0: I wonder if that kind of stuff was it, it was literally only added after colonization or... So that's what
1: I'm thinking, that yeah. this kind of thing, like, after the Romans came, they were like, oh, yeah, no, totally, we came from Troy. We just, we hopped on a boat and came there from Troy.
0: Well, I'm, the thing about Troy, though, was because the, the natives also spoke of this other place, mm. you know. But anyway, it is still theory. There's nothing proven, of course.
1: Okay. But anyway... Um, no, it's okay. Tangent.
0: Um,
1: yeah, tangent alert. Uh, since known as the mother of Earth, many places are associated with her. This is actually argued back and forth because Anu is actually a different goddess, but possibly comes from the same stem. Mm-hmm. Um, the paps of Anu and Kari, which is a Earth formation that kind of looks like a supine woman with with large breasts but like it's grassed over and like hills and they kind of oh, look like cool. breasts. So they they talk about like, that's her breasts. Um, a lot of ro- rivers are associated with her. Um, also a aband- abundance mm-hmm. 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 and abundance, ab- an abundance, abundance of land um, or like where the land's really fertile, it's attributed to her. Um, it suggested also that she may have had that duality of being a fertility goddess and a warrior goddess. Oh, cool. Which I always love. Um, she's most associated with um, the fairy people or the magical people, which uh, which may or may not be the fae. Right. Um, I have... Their uh, their name written down here, and I really, really should have gotten in touch with a uh, banshee <laughs> to have her pronounce it for me, but um, I didn't.
0: Um, Wouldn't it be great if we could like just insert her in the middle of it,
1: <laughs> to like drop her in and let her be like, ah, oh, yes, this is how this is pronounced, because <laughs> you know she's always like, yeah, if you need anything, uh anything in Gaelic pronounced for you just let me know and I'm like that's a great idea then I come up to an episode and I'm like oh fuck I should have contacted her anyways um not gonna attempt it I don't want to be that insulting (laughs) uh but basically it means the the magical people or the people of Danu in English (laughs) uh they they were exiled but then they later returned stronger with skills and magic because they had a battle with the giants who came to the land. I apologize. I should have written down this history if I were going to talk about it. <laughs> Didn't think I was going to talk about it, but I got off on that tangent earlier. Um, but she is connected to Fairy Hills. Um, she gave, her name is what gave the Danube that runs through Europe its name. Uh, Which is a river, you said, Yes, yeah. is a river. I can't believe you've never heard of it. I may have. I retain <laughs> almost nothing. Um, here are some possible associations to other goddesses. Danu, the Hindu goddess of the seas. Danu, Danan, Dana, Anna, Anu, which is another Irish goddess that's the Paps of Anu. The, that was where that right. came from. Uh, Don from, from Wales. Duna, which is a Hungarian goddess who is another water goddess.
0: Hmm.
1: Uh, Danu, who is a German. And Danivius, a Roman goddess. So all of these, they have very similar associations. They may have all come from her or they may all have the same root and just the different peoples have taken it to their different, different reaches of Europe. That's cool. in Asia. Uh, let's see here. Some other, her, um, some of her, I have associations written down here, even though I had just had associations a second ago. Um, But she is considered when you're blessing things, she's a goddess to call on. Uh, She's a goddess of creativity and earth goddess foretelling prophecy, divination. She's the great mother. Uh, She is a goddess of health, luck, magic. She's a moon goddess. She's also part of the mother maiden crone um, cycle. She'd be the mother. Uh, She's a goddess of prosperity, a goddess of sorceresses. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Water of all bodies. So from ponds, rivers, lakes, oceans. She's the goddess of all water. Puddles. (laughs) Fuck yes. Um, And of wisdom. Her colors are blue, white, silver, and green. She's a goddess of water and earth. Her seasons or festivals would be llamas and imbold. So we might call on her next time. Um, Intero. Uh, she's often represented by the empress or the empress is usually um, like represented um, yeah. as, as her. Yeah. Yes. Repre- represented as her. Um, her animals are mares, snakes, fish, like salmon, and mostly because they're both fresh and sea, fresh water and sea that water, salt and fresh right. water, we water gotcha. fish, <laughs> fish that come from water. Unlike all the other fish. <laughs> Uh, and seagulls, which, awesome, I love seagulls. <laughs> um, her divination type is water scrying. Cool. Uh, her essences or scents associated with her are amber or any kind of water scents.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, symbols are rivers, seas, flowing water, hag stones, or stones with natural holes in them, Earth, oh, found a bunch
2: of eggs, water,
1: wind, Sorry. moon, keys, crowns, cauldrons of water, or a circle, which is representative of a womb. I love all of that. I know. She sounds so cool. Uh, attributes are new beginnings, chaos, the cosmos, creation and create creativity, fertility, manifestation. So if you're really trying to manifest something, call on Danu. Um... Well, I have no idea what that says. <laughs> I, I know that doesn't say beans or or beavers. We need to turn on a light in here. Oceans. It's getting dark.
0: Oceans, beans, and or beavers.
1: Well, look at how I wrote
0: that. O. I. It literally just looks like an O. I don't know
1: what your deal is. Okay. Well, I couldn't tell. It looked like a B to me. <laughs> Uh, and uh, and she's also a goddess of transformation. So if you're trying to transform something in your life, call on her. Um, and a neat side note, on Venus, there's a mountaintop name for her. Oh really? Yes. mm mm-hmm. um, On one website or webisode? Yes, yes. Website. I found um, some different activities to help you teach children about Danu and the Fae. Since she is very closely related to the Fae, and Fae and children kind of obsess about each other, Yeah, they said it was a good way to kind of introduce your children to the Fae and teach them to be respectful, a little fearful, <laughs> and to not mess with them. Hmm. Like, when you're in your dealings with them, to be very respectful. Um, but they were talking about how, um, if you wanted, you could, you could, know, you could have your children help you make a little fairy garden or plant your garden and things like that and start teaching them the traditions that you hold um, with the fae which I like. Yeah it's pretty cool. Um, Any activities it could be to plant a garden even if it's just a window planter or like a house planter. Um, They were talking about you could also take your children fishing and kind of teach them about her relationship between the water the animals of the water, sailors, fishermen, and things like that because they would call sailors and fishermen would call upon her. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in uh, review, Daniel seems like a very nice, um, well, I don't know if she's nice, but you know, a very neat goddess. Yeah. Um, I like a, a lot of the individual things that you you listed about her
0: and like her symbolism and hmm. things like that seem to call to different parts of both you and me. So I think mm-hmm. it, this would be an interesting thing to pursue as like as, as one of our household and sister
1: yeah. things. Yeah, because she is she's a goddess of water. She's a goddess of earth. Yeah, and that that's, and that's like us. our two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. I like that she's the goddess of all things flowing. Yeah, that's amazing. I,
0: however, I cannot, you said her, like, scents are amber and things of the water. Yeah, like. And I cannot stop thinking, like, fish.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, let like, me what, just spray this
0: fish yeah, spray around. Smells. Just put a fish out. <laughs> and she's like, fuck yeah. That's her favorite fucking incense. She
1: it's like, just, just set that fish on fire. Uh, I think it's funny that she's basically, she's over every element but fire. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, but I mean, you can put fire out with earth, you can put fire out with water and with wind, so yeah. she's like the anti-fire. That's true. Um, but no, I think it meant more like um, like fresh sea breeze no, and like that. No, I assume. But yeah, no. No, just put a fish out. The smellier the better. Rotting seaweed, you know. Delicious. I don't know. Seaweed's pretty good. Not rotting. Eh.
0: I, no, there's no eh about it. It's That's a terrible smell. <laughs> Mix up some matcha and... Uh. I, I've really, I've really taken a turn on matcha.
1: I think... See, I'm really starting to love it. I'm like, I'm like, it tastes so much like seaweed. Oh, it's all for you. <laughs> that's yours. Oh. But yeah, no, I think that's about all I have about her. Um, this was fun. I'm excited to kind of delve into the Celtic pantheon. I might do Brigid next. Ooh, cool. Yeah, I really like her. I
0: wonder, um, in some of these instances there's going to be gods and goddesses that are directly shared with more northern northern cultures Mm -hmm. like and i don't mean like yeah there's a form of this god over here there's a form of this one but i mean like seriously it's going to be like the same person Mm -hmm. (laughs) in some of this so i wonder will you explore both cultures and their relations to it or are you going to wait until maybe we delve into those other cultures
1: i might mention it i don't know it just depends um that would be neat
0: yeah. I was just wondering how you're going to handle it. Because I think both are valid.
1: Well, especially with a lot of the Celtic pantheon, a lot of them have been, you know, inducted into the Catholic religion. That's a lot true, of them yeah. have, um, like you're saying, like maybe Viking roots where the Vikings brought that, that deity yeah. and then it also went everywhere else because the the Vikings took it with them.
0: And that was actually kind of what I was wondering about with, with Danu, with, Danu, with um, her being also represented in it. Well, I don't know if it's her or if it's different... Uh, deity being represented in India, you
1: said, mm-hmm.
0: um, because I mean it's possible that, that was carried to India or brought from India
1: I by know. trade routes. I know, and that's that to me is really interesting. There was no like almost no mythological part for because it's all been lost. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. There's almost nothing about her other than people refer to her for this. She's did so it's like there's no like direct mythos. Or we, don't, we don't have like
0: legends. Right. And, yeah. Right. Okay. That's super strange.
1: But it'd be something to look more into later. It's really neat. I like it. Yeah. Um, what's funny is about a day or two before I got the request to do Danu, uh, we had gone into one of our local magic shops. And I was looking at all the statuary that they had, which was really beautiful. They had a lot of uh, Egyptian statuary. And the guy at the register, he's like, oh, did you see Danu in the back? And at that point, I had not even ever heard of the goddess. Yeah. And I was like, hey. He's like that one back there. And she was shown having this like big bowl of water, kind of like a bird bath, but water was flowing out of it. And she was uh, done in all green. Like she was a coppery looking statue. It was beautiful. And I was like, oh, that's gorgeous. And I was like, I'm going to look into Danu. And he just kind of (laughs) laughed. And then like literally two or three days later. So I was like, Hey, can you do Danu? And I was like, this was meant to be. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yes. Any, any questions? No, actually. Grotto?
0: I mean, there's plenty of like interest. Just I don't have any, any okay. actual questions. Okay.
1: She's definitely on the shelves. Yeah. Not in the pile.
2: No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> She's very neat. Given that we have a lot of rivers and lakes around here. Yeah. I'm
0: very interested. Me too. I love, I love water goddesses.
1: I know. The whole time I kind of thought about like the lady in the lake and things like that. Oh, especially yeah. when you brought up Arthur because Arthur's actually... Is he somehow related? Or? He was in this one genealogy list, like you know, like they list like um, the parents and things like that. Let me see if I've yeah. got it up still. It was really, really neat. No,
2: that's palm, palmistry stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Productive day.
2: But I mean, I'm, I'm
0: always interested in anything about. Uh, the Arthurian legends yeah no you're
1: a slut for Arthur
0: that's true you'd think I'd be better at like actually paying attention to some of the fucking legends but (laughs) but I'm sure not
1: no I do not have any of that still up I'm so sorry I should have saved it well I mean we can always mention it later on like the
0: uh the Instagram or something yeah
1: I'll probably look it up and I'll probably share that um I'll probably share some some pictures because I've found some very similar statues to the one that they had in the magic shop because I'm I just imagine that you know it's all very similar. Um, that's,
0: that's a very good idea because I'm going to send you a picture later. It has to do with, um, the cryptid I'm going to be talking about later and it's fucking ridiculous. I'm
1: so excited to hear about your cryptid. I
0: know.
2: It's going to be very good.
1: But I think that ends my section. Thank you for joining us in the grotto. Eventually it'll be well, uh, well established and yeah. furnished and we'll have some nice reading couches. benches i was gonna say couches i just imagine you like some chase lounges
0: i was weirdly i was thinking about benches with just cushions on them and i don't know why either way
1: it's gonna be a comfortable place to learn about goddesses and gods just you know less so yeah their books will be in a pile too (laughs) but all right join us back in a few seconds for
0: whatever the hell lear is gonna talk about all right, so uh, today I'm going to be talking about the tassel worm, uh, which also means tussle worm, which I guess means like a fightin' worm. <laughs> you Is know, like the Alaskan bull worm? I guess so. <laughs> um, it's also known as the bergstut, uh, bergstutz, or just the stutz. I don't know. I can't do the the way they do their ewes. You know what I mean? Um, bergstutz? Yeah, there we go. Uh, which, also sa- which also means mountain fall, because they're often found in mountains. It, it's an alpine uh, cryptid. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, the spring worm, which means jumping worm. The Pratzel worm.
1: <laughs> Is it just a knot?
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, well, it, it apparently means talking worm. What? Yep. Yeah. Uh, the stolen worm, which means tunnel worm. And anassas uh, in French. And uh, Italians sometimes refer to it as a basilisk, which that's not what a basilisk is, but you don't know what the the tetzal worm is yet, so. (laughs) Um,
2: We'll get into that. We'll get into that.
0: But yeah, it is in the uh, the Alps, so it's uh, known in, you know, uh, French, German, and uh, Italian regions. Uh, So the physical description of this creature, um, it is a long between two and seven foot long reptile uh usually scaled sometimes with bits of fur descript, uh, described it only has two front legs with uh claws on them they're supposed to be kind of short and stocky sweet um the head and face of a cat i don't know that you heard that the head and face of a cat oh my gosh i thought you'd react so much stronger uh, it's bite is supposed to be venomous. Yes. Uh, it's breath is poison. Yes. And it's blood is acid.
1: Okay, so it's an alien. Kind of. an alien.
0: Um, like, the acid's described as bright green. And this was from a report in the 1700s. Love it. <laughs> so they didn't have, like, sci-fi to go on, you know? <laughs> I love it. Um, and it makes a high-pitched hissing sound. My boy. Uh, but it is it's um apart from its two legs that are up real close to where its head is it's just a snake that is the most ridiculous
1: sounding creature ever
0: it's fucking wild and there is like more evidence of its existence than most other cryptids
1: see right now i'm just thinking that like it's a it's a really big ferret I listen, I was planning on making a bunch of ferret
0: jokes through this. The more I read about it, the less ferrety it became. Really. So, cuz it as it as you go on through some of the the reports on it, it's just very obvious that it was very reptilian.
1: Okay. Um, well, I mean, ferrets
2: are just reptiles with fur.
0: Yeah. Uh I'm going to go ahead and read through some of the sightings which I am taking directly from um the cryptid wiki mm-hmm. because I didn't want to like Transcribe a whole bunch of this Uh So Oh well hold on The first sighting was actually The first recorded sighting Um Was in Seventeen Where are my Dates Seventeen seventy nine. Okay So and that's like Written down In some Fucking government Ledger Somewhere
1: (laughs) So (laughs) while we were ratifying (laughs) (laughs) Somebody
0: In the Swiss Alps was reporting a lizard cat, that attacked him.
1: <laughs> we were working on making a nation, and they
0: were dealing with lizard cats. <laughs> oh, his his sighting is not like detailed in what I'm about to read. So let me go over that really quick. Okay. So uh, he was the first, like I said, recording a uh, recorded sighting of this creature. Um, the sight scared him so bad he died of a heart attack. He was able to make it home before he died. So this dude's having a fucking heart attack running back to his farm and tells his family about the creature that scared the hell out of him and then dies. Damn. Yeah. Then again, I guess it could be a result of the poisonous breath. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They pro- heart failure. Yeah.
0: They probably didn't Check. realize it had poisonous breath at that point.
1: Not till like the seventh person dies, you know, <laughs> and then you're like maybe his
0: breath is poisonous. So the first tale uh, that we go over is that of a young girl who is working on a Swiss farm. While chopping down bean poles, she accidentally disturbed the burrow of a worm, and was attacked. Uh, the worm in this account was described as being of a gray collar and about the size of a common domesticated cat, which it goes back and forth sometimes, um, with a fleshy, hairless body and possessing only two front legs. According to the story, the worm glared at the, do- the girl, and she ran away, describing big, bright eyes too intense to meet. Um, so where they also describe it fleshy here. I just for some reason need to say, I think it was a young one.
1: <laughs> it scales had not grown in yet.
0: Yeah. Uh, another story tells of a man, and his son out gathering herbs in the mountains when the man suddenly heard his son scream and seemed to be paralyzed in fear, staring at a rock. The man sprinted to his son only to see a gruesome monster under the rock, uh, near his son, which hissed like a snake and had the face of a cat with big bright eyes. The man see like at this point, very Ferrety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very Ferrety. Uh, the man managed to stab the tetzelworm with a sharpened stick, easily piercing the flesh. According to the story, the green blood of the creature sprayed out and burnt his leg, making his journey home long and painful due to the limp. Uh, in July 1883 or 1884, so we're already like 100, years, 100 later. years later. There's, by the way, thousands of reports. Like, there's a lot. Um, Caspar Arnold. Saw a tatzelworm on the Spielberg uh, near Hoschfilsen. Okay. Sure. Uh, Tyrol, Tiro- Austria. Hochwilzen. In Austria. Yes. <laughs> it's shit. Uh, he watched it from a mountain restaurant for 20 minutes and was certain it only had two legs. So this dude was eating his dinner and just saw this bitch running around, like crawling around over the rocks outside the window. <laughs> Uh, A two-legged totzel worm leaped nine feet in the air towards two witnesses near uh, Raras Salzburg, Austria, uh, in the summer of 1921. We're in the 20s now.
1: Damn.
0: Uh, And this one was about two to three foot long, had a head like a cat. Uh, In 24, a five foot long... Ooh, this one's really interesting, and I talk about it again here in a minute. Uh... In 1924, a five-foot-long skeleton allegedly was found by two men who said it resembled a lizard. Um, I think I could be incorrect, but I think this is the first skeleton that was donated to the Geneva Institute of Science. There were two. The second skeleton donated, uh, for being a Totsil skeleton, was donated in the 2000s. What? (laughs) The most recent claim... Uh, of a sighting was in two thousand and nine. I people are still fucking seeing this. Sounds thing. like we gotta go to Geneva. I know they haven't released any information. The skeletons are not on display. I there's nothing, and um I don't know about the donors of the two thousand skeleton, but in what did I say twenty something? It wasn't donated then. It was donated in the seventies, I believe. Okay. So Um, family kept it. (laughs) I guess so. But we don't know who donated it. There was no information. Whoever made the donation wanted to stay uh, anonymous. anonymous, And their law firm is strictly holding that. Wow. Yeah. Um, And in 1934, a Swiss photographer named Balken claimed to have a photograph of a worm. Now you can find this photograph on Google and we will post this on the Instagram. It's, not anything. <laughs> uh, they said it's commonly believed to be a uh, ceramic fish head sculpture that just has something behind it. Um, and, like, the first the first one I saw was sort of, like, blurry and small.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I was like, I don't know, it could be, like, one of those giant salamanders, you know? But when you see the, the closer one, it's nothing. It, it's obviously something that's never been alive before in its life. <laughs> so... So there's, there's some hoaxes. Um, the 1970s skeleton is thought to maybe be a hoax as well, just because there's never been any information, uh, released about Mm -hmm. it. Um, so I'm going to go on a little more about proof and documentation. Uh, it was so believed to exist that it's in, uh, the new pocket guide of the year, 1836, which is a Bavarian, uh, hunter's guide. Uh, and it's in the Swiss almanac, uh,
1: 1841. Beware of the potsel
0: worm. Yeah, that's like it. It's like, (laughs) hey, there's this in this area. Be careful. (laughs) Everything about it will kill you. Um, There was in uh, 1824 a corpse like not a skeleton, like a full corpse found but it was severely damaged by carrion birds. Mm. So I don't know how much they could really, you know, get off of that. Um. The Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry I lost my place um, The skeleton that was donated in the 2000s Is widely accepted By the cryptozoology uh, Community As proof that this could have been a real thing And I mean not just cryptozoologists Like actual scientists Not to say that all cryptozoologists are like not real scientists Because <laughs> some of them Some of them are
1: some of them are disgraced (laughs)
0: scientists yes but like scientists currently working in biology and things like Mm -hmm. that think that it could have existed and just gone extinct or very close to extinct Um, which is just wild and interesting Uh, there are a few general like these are probably what it was sort of explanations that I was going to go over very quickly okay It could be a a gila monster or a relative of that Um, spale lizard. Yeah, just big, big lizard. Um, Any other large like monitor lizards? Because in the in the seventies in Italy, there was also like a streak of sightings, but like apparently some people, some people, not like one person, like multiple different households lost their monitor lizards. Like they got loose. (laughs)
1: So it could have been those.
0: I don't know if the monitor lizards were having some sort of, like, fucking party in the Italian Alps, but... But yeah, it could have been those.
1: Let's have a whole bunch of babies!
0: (laughs) And now there's just... There's just monitor lizards everywhere. (laughs) It's the problem you want to have. Is it? I love monitor lizards. They're dumb and they're cranky. Well, they're not dumb, but they're cute. Their faces are dumb. (laughs) Um... Uh, so there's a type of lizard called, called a Mexican mole lizard, and there's a couple different types of mole lizards, but the Mexican mole lizard is, uh, sort of unique in the fact that it, it has the two little arms and not like the useless little flappy legs in the back, uh, cause it doesn't have those. It's just a snake from like, that's so shoulders weird. down. They're really weird looking. They're adorable. They kind of look a little bit like penises, uh, and it could be a relative of mole lizards. Um, there's also some ideas that it could be uh, a version of an Asian dragon, just severely changed by cultural diffusion, like back in the 1700s, you know? Yeah. But it's uh, it's one of the coolest cryptids
1: I've ever looked into. It's pretty awesome.
0: And, like, I got really excited writing this down earlier, as you you're aware of. You were near me when it was happening. Because, like, I didn't realize that there were like, modern sightings, that there's possibly two existing skeletons. I mean... That's pretty cool. Because, like, scientists can look at a skeleton and be like, these parts don't go together fairly easily now. We've had lots of practice with dinosaurs. (laughs) Right, right. So, I think that at this point, if they wanted to dispute the existence of these things, they could just be like, this is a fake skeleton. But, like... So there's a a race of humans in the Philippines that they were calling hobbits for a little while, Uh, Mm -hmm. like an ancient race, uh, extinct, you know, Um, and they thought it was like one of the, I mean, not really pygmies because it's not like the right area, but uh, they didn't know if it was just like a regional... Uh, thing or if there was enough of a difference and enough of an example of population to consider them their own sub-race or like partner race because you know as humans were coming up there were a bunch of yeah yeah
1: like the from like what is it like um, Neanderthals, Homo erectus,
2: things like
0: that yeah and finally they have found enough like preserved bodies to to call them their own sub-human race nice So they're a thing that we know exists now. And it took a lot of remains. (laughs) So if they have these two skeletons in Geneva and they're, like, real, two skeletons are not enough, you know, to be like, hey, this is a thing, and not, hey, this is a genetic anomaly. Yeah. So. That's pretty cool. I'm really, really super excited. I hope somebody looks into this in a very serious scientific manner sometime soon. <laughs> and I realize being excited about a cat lizard is, like, just so me. <laughs> it is. Like, this...
1: When you said it was a cat lizard, I was like, okay, this makes this makes sense why yeah. you're so excited about this. I got this. really buzzy about it. <laughs> um,
0: but I think that's all the actual, like, information I have for you. There there There's a lot of other stuff I wrote down, but it's not... solid. <laughs> like, it's not something you would present, you know what I mean? Right. But feel free to look into it, uh, listeners, because it's super interesting. The pictures are wild as fuck.
1: Um, I'm excited to see those and post those.
0: I know, I'm really excited. I want to post um one of the uh, the images of what, what people have, like, drawn it out to look like, and I also want to post the picture of that terrible photograph by Belkin. Because <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> like, I don't know... It was the 20s, right? Yeah. Oh, it was the 1820s, right?
1: I don't remember. Maybe I'm
0: wrong. Lazy.
1: I didn't write it down.
0: Fuck, I'm way off on my date. It was 1954. Oh, boy. Don't, I'm bad at numbers, guys. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with people in the 50s thinking they can pass off bad shit. <laughs> it's like those things where they keep putting broccoli and jello. You know, in the fifties. Oh
1: God, yes. I'm sorry. You got you you got me there for a second. <laughs> yeah, in the fifties they were convinced everything could go in jello.
0: Yeah, that might be American specific or like American and England sp- specific because I think England was also doing shit like oh, that.
1: Oh god, it's so terrible.
0: It's there's a very popular theory that it was actually just housewives that hated their lives.
1: Was it like like a bean <clears throat> salad that was like a whole bunch of different beans in jello? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, I'm sure it was unflavored jello, right? I don't care. <laughs> Ugh. I don't see how that would matter one way or the other. It's definitely still broccoli and jello or beans and jello. Gross. All right, anyway. But that's all I have on the, the Totsil worm. It's a really fucking cool little thing. I would love to have one.
1: I just keep seeing a hairless ferret in my mind.
0: <laughs> I'll show you a picture. Hold okay. on. Because um, I would kind of love for you to look at it. And like react. And this is a lot of silence, and I'm so sorry, guys. Well,
1: if I were intelligent, I would fill the silence. But, I was kind of hoping you would. <laughs> nope.
0: <laughs> While I Googled.
1: <laughs> nope, not gonna do it. You can't make me. What the living hell? Isn't that great? <laughs> oh my God! Isn't it cute though? Okay, so it kind of looks like a bobcat's head, <laughs> with fur, and some and of it's then different. A scaly body with fur every now and then. Yeah, and three claws. Mark of the beast.
0: Mark of the beast. There we go. Um, and so, like I said, sometimes the representation is a little bit different. Like this is one of the older illustrations. Where it just looks like the head of a black cat the head that and like upper body of a black cat attacking a pig. Oh shit, the first documented site, uh it it attacked this dude's pig, the dude that ran home and had a heart attack.
1: Mm. It attacked
0: his pig and ate it in like eight minutes or something like that.
1: Eight minutes? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so it's sounding a lot like a Tasmanian devil. <laughs> Just, just snakier. Yeah, just a snaky Tasmanian yeah. <laughs> devil. I'm sending this picture to me oh, from okay. your phone. <laughs> and
0: here's your bitch sister.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you sure are. <laughs> uh, uh, you, no,
0: you've been that in here for a while.
1: This is amazing. This is amazing. And to be fair, I have Lyra in here as my bitch sister yeah. as well. I have Lyra, my bitch sister. I really feel like. Uh, had I shown you the picture of it
0: first This would have been a lot more amusing for you You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, you but would I, mean, have... I was I was interested No, I know I, I'm not saying you weren't I'm just saying, like, I feel Because that's what got me so excited Was I saw the fucking picture That um, is
1: fucking awesome This
0: is supposedly the photo
1: No Yeah, it's no, bad No
0: It's real bad uh, But we'll, we'll stop making you guys listen to us Reacting to pictures you haven't seen you can't yet You cannot see Okay <laughs> Uh, but that's that's all I got on uh, Cryptids for tonight Thank you for listening <laughs> Welcome, thank you for listening to my TED Talk <laughs> well, Thanks for coming to my TED Talk I would love to do a TED Talk on Cryptids It would be so shitty <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just you And a
0: fucking PowerPoint presentation Exactly, and it's just Totsil worm, look at this shit
2: <laughs> Let me let me zoom in for you.
0: <laughs> All right, so that just about wraps up this episode. Um, I did really quick want to talk about uh, the, an alphabet system that I've uh, been having a lot of fun with, and I've been annoying the heck out of the other members of this podcast with. <laughs> um, there's a really beautiful alphabet we found a few years ago called, um, I think you told me it was the Elementarium, because mm-hmm. I completely forgot the name of it. I think I have the original, like, image saved somewhere still if I do I because it has proper credit to the the creator yeah, on it the creator I'll post it with the credit um it's gorgeous and I've been for a while considering using it to write like uh coded notes to myself or maybe even do like a full page in a grim that way you know um or at least like I don't know have it as a nice fancy touch because I like the way it looks and then I found a guide to Elvish from obviously the the Lord of the Rings novels um, a while ago, and uh, it's it works the same way as the elementarium, where it just gives you different symbols for the English alphabet. Um, and I really like the way that uh, the vowels are handled because the vowels just go over top of the consonant that precedes it, um, and it looks very fancy and pretty. There are elements of each alphabet that I didn't like a whole lot, or there were like symbols that I didn't like drawing very much because I. I have very sloppy handwriting, (laughs) so sometimes it would just look terrible. Um, So I've been sort of mixing them together, and uh, I'm going to use that as my own personal sort of code. And it's very pretty. I really like the way it looks. Maybe I'll write something out in this weird little mix and post it on uh, Instagram later. I should. Because it's gorgeous and I love it. And I just sort of wanted to open the question to our listeners. Um, uh, oops, I got a message, uh, to see how they felt about having like a coded grim or, uh, how they feel about keeping their notes coded and secret, secret. like that. Yeah. And it's very cool. And I'm, I'm getting much better at writing in the, the alphabet that mm. I've sort of smashed together, uh, but the thing is, without the guide, I still can't fucking read it. It takes a while. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be a learning progress, process for sure. I'm actually thinking, because I've been doing, like, quotes and song lyrics and things that I can keep, like, the words in my head real easy. I'm actually thinking about just transcribing, like, a full chapter of a book.
1: That's good practice. Yeah. Um...
0: So I'm thinking about doing that.
1: But um, you have to keep up with it.
0: That's true, yeah. And that's why that's why if I put that much work into it, I want to do like coded notes and stuff. So I
1: straight up cannot read Elvish anymore.
0: <laughs> you know, I used to be able to read uh, in the Dragonology books, they had um, all the runes. The runes that weren't obviously like what the runes actually were. I remember when you got that, I was like, that's not what that rune means. <laughs> I was and I was like You got so mad at me. I was like eight. Of course I got mad. I was just excited because it looked neat. <laughs> uh I think I was, like, 15 or 16. I was like, that's not what that ruined me. But, uh, <laughs> but, no, I really liked doing that. And while I, I kept up with um, the the runes and stuff, like, I could read and write it really mm. easily. I can't now.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, if you don't practice it, then yeah. you,
0: it leaves your brain. So, like I said, I just wanted to open that, that up to our listeners and see what everybody thinks, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's really just my own curiosity, but if anybody has, like, some very clear thoughts on it... If you want to send us a recording of yourself talking about this, feel free. We love it when you guys do that.
1: To be fair, I was very excited about this, but every time Lyra has shown it to me, I've been so tired. I'm like, yeah, I see it.
0: That's so true. (laughs) (laughs) Because like when uh, when I sent you those first few pictures while you were still at work... And you're, like, awake and doing stuff.
1: I was like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah,
0: and you're like, let's talk about this. And then when you got home, you're like, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sorry that was so disappointing for you because you oh, were. Oh, no, it's okay. It happens.
1: I was like, yeah, that's neat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, but I think that's everything. Uh, thank you guys for sticking with us through our
1: unexpected hiatus. Thank you, thank you. We've been very tired. <laughs> we have been very tired. Um, but I
0: guess, I guess yeah, that's everything we have. Uh, we look forward to speaking with you guys next week. No, not next week. Why do I keep saying that? In two weeks' time. <laughs> In the meantime, stay spooky. And keep your tits up.